brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to the Psychology Talk podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Scott Hoy. The Psychology Talk podcast is a unique conversation about psychology from around the globe, We bring you ideas from mental health practitioners and experts to keep you informed about the latest issues and trends. Topics include developments and research in psychotherapy and social sciences, hypnosis and mind-body treatments, meditation and spirituality, and new treatment modalities. And while you're listening, please take a moment to subscribe and give us a review at your favorite streaming site. It helps us to grow and further reach people with quality programming. And now, here's the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, my guest is once again, Mark O'Connell. Mark is a licensed clinical social worker and an actor. He holds degrees in social work from Hunter College in New York City, as well as an MFA in acting from the Trinity Rep Conservatory. He's also the author of The Performing Art of Therapy which we have discussed about a month ago on this podcast, which is a wonderful book. That's available from Rutledge Press. He is also the author of Modern Brides and Modern Grooms, a guide to planning straight, gay, and other non-traditional 21st century weddings. Happy Pride Month, and welcome back to the podcast, Mark. Oh, thanks so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, I'm going to read something. Maybe this hopefully won't spoil, but this is kind of like how I was summing up the book as I was thinking about it. When things are just divided by us unconsciously, we lose sight of intention and meaning. Mm -hmm. Your book reaffirms and reinvigorates the idea of the wedding as a meaning-making social event, just as theater is, especially participatory theater. In essence, the legalization of same-sex marriage has afforded everyone the opportunity to think outside the box regarding their marriages and social constructs and contracts. It's freeing for everyone. Oh, wow. I love that. Um, Yeah, I feel like you you, you get it. You get what I was up to. Yeah, it's a fun book. Oh, thank you. Fun book. 
<laughs> we'll place it back. We were talking about a little bit earlier. Uh, you it was uh, you said it was published in 2014. Yeah, and uh, basically 2015. What were the legal uh, constructs that were that were changed or right. added to or interpreted differently? Exactly. So 20, it was sandwiched in between there, the publication between 2013 when uh, uh, the uh, the Supreme Court struck down DOMA, Defense mm-hmm. of Marriage Act, and 2015 when um, marriage equality became legal federally across the country. And so it was highly relevant at the time of its publication. And, and it you know, I, I felt like over the past couple of years, people think of that, think of it as maybe passe, like the idea of, you know, what it was no longer sexy to think about it anymore. We, you know, we'd been fighting for it, talking about it for way too long. And, and then we moved on, except now we're in this political position where it's becoming, unfortunately. <laughs> yes. As we record this today, uh, we, it was, uh, let, let loose that uh, the Supreme Court has struck down Roe v. Wade yeah. uh, as a federal uh, institution or law. Yeah. So uh, we can only imagine people, pundits are, are, are kicking the, this soccer ball around with that all over the, uh, the interwebs and the media yeah. right now as we speak. So uh, I think your book has instantly become relevant and that <laughs> it's relevant yeah. for a lot of reasons. Ooh. But even if it hadn't become more relevant, uh, perhaps by the way things are being uh, constitutionally, literally interpreted um, by the Supreme Court and others, mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it's still relevant based on what I said about my little intro to the book. I think mm-hmm. it's it's a it's it's a way to help you think outside of the box about a social construct. It's kind of like money. Everybody has issues with money. Everybody has issues with marriage and weddings and planning them and and et cetera. And it works up a whole lot of stuff. Religion. You don't talk about weddings or religion at the dinner table, right? <laughs> <laughs> But right, but that's 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 what what I'm up to here is is how can you um, give yourself give yourself um, space uh, to reflect on what the meaning, as you say, what, what the meaning yeah. is for you, so that you can participate, you know, so that you can actually be in your life and with whoever you are, you know, with as much freedom as possible. You give yourself more aliveness and freedom when you focus on what is this event, what does it mean to me, and. And, and from there, um, then I can determine how I, I want to participate, you know? And, and it's interesting because um, with the backdrop of, uh, of the Supreme Court becoming, um, heading in this very literal direction, um, which, which places us back in a certain time and in a certain set of values, um, it, it, I'm, I'm trying, what I'm up to with the book is to remind us of, of what our lives are actually about and um and how uh as opposed to as opposed to an idea of what we think they're supposed to be um about and and if you look at actually um it's very interesting to look at the opinions from the the marriage equality decision of 2015 because you see uh the majority opinion uh 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 Kennedy's opinion, he's not even talking about law as much as he's talking about cultural practice and life. And he's talking, he talks about love and the expansion of self that marriage offers each of us. And, and that that's the value he wants to um, share. Uh, we, we, you know, he thinks we should all share um, 
everybody should have that opportunity. And what's interesting is that the dissenting opinion, um, Scalia's dissenting opinion, isn't, he doesn't challenge him legally. He doesn't even challenge him in terms of the constitution. What's interesting is that he challenges him in terms of the cultural idea of, of marriage and says, well, surely if you talk to anyone who's married, it's, it's more constricting than it is expansive. And it's very interesting because he actually ends up making the same point that Kennedy is making, which is that um, marriage really ought to be and can be expansive. And I feel bad for Scalia or, or Dick, you know, he's, you know, rest in peace. But, uh, or, you know, at the time my husband said, I feel bad for his wife. But, you know, it's, it, it, you know. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> but, but really he's, He's owning the fact that he did not find freedom and expansion and, and joy in his marriage, but you can, and that, and 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 um, culturally, I think we're finding that we can, no matter who we are, and that's what that's what the marriage equality uh, decision represented, um, even more than just a law or just rights or just reference to the Constitution. It was it was about acknowledging that we can find a great deal of freedom and aliveness through our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what the book is, is, is getting to, right? Yeah. It's getting to that idea of making conscious decisions about relationships and, and how, how to live your life and, and how to be a good citizen at the same time. Having It kind of mm-hmm. goes back and forth from the more structural, big picture idea of marriage to how it affects people interpersonally with some really nice examples from your personal life, from your friends mm-hmm. who uh, you've allowed, been allowed to kind of a quote and uh, some of your uh, clinical experiences as a as a psychotherapist. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I, one of the things I noted at the beginning of it was that you mentioned you keep referencing your your uncle Dan. Yeah, who was like a. I think he's more around my age, possibly. And like when when I was growing up in high school and college, only super, you know, like there was kind of like a, a an anathema. It was like a, this kind of if you had gay friends, it was like you had a cool friend who was like doing things that were like breaking, mm-hmm. breaking all sorts of boundaries. And it was almost like uh, bifurcated from what norms were. And you kind of describe that. Maybe you can kind of like talk a little bit about how your own experience of, of growing up in a more accepting culture or a little bit more accepting culture versus maybe your, your older generations of uh, LGBTQ folks. Yeah, well, it was it, it's it's interesting because uh, Uncle Dan was always out as far as I as far as I knew, and my and was very accepted in my family and very beloved. Um, and and at the same time, there was always this sense that um, that it was that it was a category of that he was a certain you know he was a certain kind of of person, and um, and and so that you know it it was it was accepting, but there is that sort of um, uh, there, there is still that that kind of uh, contradiction there. Um, when when we don't all have full rights, we're still kind of uh, marginalized in a certain sense. And so there was a way in which, even though there was that acceptance, I didn't really want to necessarily identify um, with him because it was different. It wasn't. Um, it, he didn't represent to me finding my full self. He represented. Um, you know, a certain kind of, of person who would be accepted. Um, but uh, I'll never forget at my wedding, um, after years of kind of getting to know him and uh, knowing about our lives as adults, which was kind of a wonderful experience, um, uh, that he said, I never thought I would see a day like this. 
um, because it represented to him uh, like uh, all kinds of freedoms that would help him bust out of that sort of category of person I was I was talking about that he was mm-hmm. thought of, and um, so it, 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 that became one of the drives in writing the book too is thinking about Uncle Dan and people in Uncle Dan's position who um, really uh, internalized this idea that, okay, you might be tolerated, but you know, you're not, you don't get to enjoy the freedoms that everyone else does. Um, Yeah. 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 Do you think that's changed quite a bit? I mean, I think I've from, from a, a straight, I guess, perspective, I think I've seen the cultural shift to more acceptance and, it's less of a radical fringe of society and more of just kind of uh, it's, it's, it is what it is. I think it's changing, but you know, it's interesting because when, when this book first came out, I had really very loving liberal family members um, smile in that way, that slightly condescending smile and say, Oh, it looks great. Um, You know, there's the same sex couple that I know, and I think maybe they'll find it useful. And, it's interesting the way people's minds, as, as accepting as we've become, um, there's still that thing I was saying about the way Uncle Dan was thought of it in terms of like, oh, you're that kind of person. It's, <laughs> you know, it's still in there. And really what I'm trying to do with this book is explode all of that for for everyone's benefit, you know, not even, not even the, the motivation honestly, isn't just advocacy. That's not where it ends. It really does. As you said in the beginning, it really, I want everyone to feel alive and free. And when, when, when we enjoy privileges at the expense of other people not enjoying them, then we're not, we're not really free. There's always going to be a part of ourselves that we're mm-hmm. kind of pushing out and, and, yeah. and sort of, right? Yeah, no, no, that's true. And in a way, I mean, uh, I think that people had kind of a perception that like, you know, uh, the theatrical was the only thing that gay people could do or LGBTQ folks could do, mm-hmm. at which... You know, it's it's like Carnival or Mardi, Mardi Gras, you know, like lifestyle. I don't think right. that's true. Right. People have to sleep and pay bills too. I mean, right, right, right. You know, so, uh, but that being said, there is something that I think societies, all societies kind of require that difference or other kind of like a space where you can party a Halloween atmosphere or a kind of another space, which, mm. uh, I think there is something positive with that in society to have that kind of otherness, right? Yeah. Cause it allows well, any- you to, it kind of breaks up your assumptions about life. And it also allows you to, to understand, uh, I guess a kind of Apollonian versus a Dionysian mm. perspective, if you will. Yeah. yeah, and any 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 opportunity as an individual to to claim your space, you know, what Winnicott Correct. would call the capacity to be alone, is really important. Yes. Yes. And 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 that's what I try to do in the book. You were saying in terms of like couples therapy advice in a way, I'm, I'm trying to encourage each couple to look at their individuality um, and to look at the wedding planning process as an opportunity to you know uh, navigate to prepare navigating for all of the challenges which are going to include. Um, taking up space. How do how, how do I uh, take up space um, and claim space for myself and um, consider what I need to feel fully alive so that we can become interdependent? And then from there, as a couple, how do we relate to our families? How do we relate to um, our communities? And how do we invite them to be alive with us? You know, and so that 
but that always begins with you having, you know, finding a way, however you need to do it, um, yeah. to, to find your aliveness first. Okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe you can, um, maybe we can kind of touch on this idea of attachment and I think it was Hendrix, right? Harville Hendrix and the idea mm-hmm. of like that you kind of, the construct you have from a nice little construct of, and was it engulfment and abandonment? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Well, I, also, I should yeah. say I have an aversion to schematic ideas and, and, and prescriptive <laughs> ideas. I know um, people in the audience love it. So <laughs> I know they do. And there's even a quiz that my editor made me put in. Um, <laughs> editor made you do it. Ah, she okay. did. Right. Okay. Naughty, <laughs> but naughty. I think quizzes are fun. Um, but, um, but I, I, I yeah, it's derived, those ideas engulfment, and abandonment is an idea that I derive from uh, Harville Hendricks, um, who did the who does the imago therapy for couples work, mm-hmm. and and it's the idea that in every couple there's this complementary relationship of you know complementary needs, so that um, one person's uh, emotional development all inevitably involves some form of overwhelming engulfment, whereas the other person experienced some form of overwhelming abandonment. And of course, it's more nuanced than that, but you do tend to find, and I did start, you do start to see patterns as a couples therapist that, that all couples really do ultimately fall into those, um, those roles, you know, arguably. Um, and it can be useful, uh, not to limit yourself, but just to think about owning yourself, like the like couples therapy 101. How do I make I statements? What's going on with me? Um, sometimes couples fall into the trap of thinking that they're supposed to, they're both supposed to be emotionally mature in exactly the same way. And 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 it overlooks the fact that we have we have different needs and they're complementary. That's why we were attracted to each other. Um, so it's a matter of figuring out what we're up to. Wh- where am I coming from? what's familiar to me, but also what's frustrating about that familiarity and how do I transcend it? How do I use the relationship to transcend that frustration? So if I was engulfed and I felt kind of smothered, I'm eventually going to, um, what I want to do is master that so that I, so that I feel um, like the, my partner can follow my lead and the mm-hmm. abandoned person you know, recognizes they uh, had to always sort of take care of themselves emotionally and their dream is to eventually be taken care of by their partner. And so you've, you've, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun exercise when you think of it that way, because then you're helping each other, um, get to the other side of, um, of finding your full self. Um, and, uh, so, I, um, but then, yeah, so, so it's, it's challenging though, of course, because, um, you want, you want what's familiar, um, to you. It's also interesting as a parent because, (laughs) um, (laughs) because you can, when you're aware like this and you're a clinician, you start to think, oh, well, I don't want to make any of those mistakes. Of course, they're not mistakes. It's just descriptive. It's just context. It's, we're all, we're we're all going to, uh, be either smothering parents or abandoning parents in some way. Um, so I knew I was going to be a smothering dad. Um, but it was really funny. So I, I've been hugging and kissing and just smothering my child, for, you know, since he was born. I knew the day would come and it did where he was just like, dad, at night, just go away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did and, you handle that okay? Were you able to, were you able to like, how was that? I had a pang. I had a pang, of course, <laughs> of narcissistic injury, but I I was anticipating it because I think in these terms, and I was like, you know what? It's that's it. That's the kind of thing that that's the engulfed person, you know, mm-hmm. saying, you know, all right, I need to claim some independence. So we do that very thing in our relationships, and it's helpful to be mindful of how we're doing it. I think. Okay. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. So, so you have that in there and some examples of how that plays out, perhaps uh, kind of like more the uh, microscope kind of way of looking how I- the individuals affected by this navigating wedding planning. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you can give some examples of like what, what's engulfment and what's abandonment, like a specific example. I know you don't want a dichotomize thing, and the book mm. is about not doing that. But <laughs> but if if you were to give an example, what's what would you like to give as an example? Maybe within the context of the uh, uh, of planning an event, of planning yeah. a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the example I give in the book is um, is my mom interfering with our wedding planning, and your and- mother was concerned, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> she was concerned in a very very invasive way about maybe she was um, concerned about more of her stuff than the, than your stuff yeah, yeah exactly yeah. she was she was like okay we we, we really talk, started talking about the i think we just said okay we plan on walking down the aisle and she said now hold on i don't want this to be an elton john wedding <laughs> okay wait a minute <laughs> no one talked about sequins yet what's going on um, and she, you know, she, this self-consciousness about like, what's a same sex wedding? What is my family going to think was starting to interfere? And, it, and the difference between the engulfment and abandonment, I think was in the difference, uh, the differences between how Justin and I responded to it. She was talking to the two of us. And, um, for me, I was so used to being engulfed by my, by my mother that I kind of wanted to be rescued from the dilemma. I wanted Justin to step in and be like, no, you know, and, and to kind of argue with her in a way that would shut it down and um, make her validate me. Um, but he, um, uh, you know, kind of as, as the abandoned person, I think he wanted, um, he, he wanted, uh, so he did do that. I think that was his initial reaction. Um, but it was frustrating for both of us because ultimately uh, what I wanted was the independence, right, of having my voice be heard. And ultimately what he wanted was not to have to be in that position of being the advocate and being relied upon as the advocate. Um, so, uh, and, and you know, that happens in, in wedding planning, oftentimes in, in heterosexual uh, 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 situations. And uh, it's, it's, you know, the woman is doing all the planning is, is typically, typically I've, I've seen a lot of heterosexual couples in couples therapy and, um, and that can happen with parenting too, co-parenting. And there's this building resentment, like, Oh, he thinks it's his role to not, not participate. Um, so, you know, I, I, not, I have the foggiest idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> not that, which isn't to say that, which isn't to say that every you know woman is the is the engulfed. It, it, it doesn't work in ter- that way in terms of gender. But just as an example, yeah. um, it, it's you know in the, in that idea of um, uh, yeah, how do you how do you figure out how to transcend what you're used to when you when you recognize that it's actually frustrating for both of you, um, and how can you kind of help each other out to 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 um, you know get, uh, to to try the other thing to be more of the the one who's taking the lead and to do, or to be, you know, someone who's, um, 
uh, being more kind of emotionally and, and allowing themselves to be allowing themselves uh, to be loved, allowing themselves uh, to be cared for without having, because that's important too. That's how you, an important way to express love is to allow um, people to take care of you sometimes. What's mm -hmm. that Aretha Franklin song? Ain't no way for me to love you if, if you don't let me. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. And, and it's about, uh, again, it's about being conscious of what you're doing rather than reacting and, and coming mm -hmm. from a place of present tense and uh, openness. Yeah. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Well, theater. Wedding as theater. This is, is it Kabuki theater? Is it? It uh, could be. <laughs> it I could think be anything open. you want. It. Yeah, That's what open. I think is so great about, about weddings. I think there's such a focus in the industry, which I've never cared about the wedding industry. Um, I wrote this book because when you're denied something, you become an expert on it. Um, like if you're, if you can't visit your family in the hospital, you become an expert on the healthcare industry. So I became an expert on weddings only because I, we had to fight for ours for so many years. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but, but as far as theater goes, yeah, we, we think of these, of weddings as, as result oriented affairs. And in fact, it's gotten so crazy that way. I'm hearing from people that, that the, their, their, uh, it's about the video now. It's about, it's only about the video to the to the exclusion of the interactions in person. You know, so it's about this curated affair that you spend a lot of money on, not really being present and and enjoying it um, and interacting with people, but then watching it. You know, watching the two dimensional result later. And so yeah. when there's this result, when you think of it in terms of the the. It's what Peter Brook would call deadly theater. The legendary director Peter Brook he would call it deadly theater because it's it's that kind of commercial theater that's only thinking about the result and the audience expectations and not at all about what it's about. It could just be an empty space with two people exchanging attention, and that would be incredibly meaningful and and uh, life changing, really um, revelatory. But uh, so if you want to have, as I say in the book, the alien versus predator wedding or something really, <laughs> really outrageous, go for it. But don't do it um, with this deadly theater idea in mind that it's about the it's about the result. It should be about expressing yourself and about connecting. With, well, you've already uh, got the results in, in most relationships. You have the results because you're dating somebody for a period of time. You're, mm -hmm. you're checking out mm -hmm. whether you're compatible to a certain degree. The results are already there now. I mean, it's not like uh, 
you know, uh, I think the, the the term in Irish used to be if you wanted to propose somebody to somebody, you'd say, hey, "Would you like? Would you mind being buried with my people?" Because you were <laughs> you're in different <laughs> you were in different parishes and you lived around right. a parish, right? You know, since medieval times, or, and uh, it's not like that anymore. It's not like a transactional uh, exchange right. of goods. Right. Well, wait, and that's what I say in the book too, is that it was the most inspiring um, thing to me was at our wedding, our straight female friends, several uh, who were ambivalent about having um, weddings of their own because uh, our traditions still have traces of that age old, uh, yes. you know, tradition of, of a man dragging a woman by the hair down the aisle and throwing her at the feet of another man. You mentioned and, your aunt Connie, right? And you mentioned Liz. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. As a kind of beginning of the book about what, what weddings were assumed to be. Right, right. Yeah. And then, and, and how Connie, my aunt Connie, uh, well, right. Elizabeth Taylor was at her first wedding and, um, which I guess was a, you know, a sort of normative affair. Why not? You, you know, that's what everyone else was doing, but Liz was there and, and I think cursed her because then she ended up having as many, as many weddings as, as Liz did. Um, but she, she learned so much about herself each and every time she tried and failed. Um, and, and she's been in an incredibly loving uh, a relationship based on equality. It's a completely expanding and enriching for both of them. And it's been for decades now. Um, she's very happy, but it came hard earned. And she uh, had to focus on, uh, yeah, the underlying meaning of, of, of um, uh, the event and the event of creating relationship versus, versus what uh, the result, the, what the expectation from society was. Um, but my female friends at at our wedding, um, they didn't. They were afraid of of um, just kind of sleepwalking through these traditions that that are very you know based on women as property basically. And they were like, oh, but when I saw yours, they realized, oh, it can be about celebrating your relationship and the equality between the two of you. You know, like us, they were best friends with their partners. Um, you know, they so they were like, okay, we can do it from the ground up our way. And um, and they did so from the ground up. I think is the way to put it, right? Like instead of having expectations, right, Mm -hmm. societal or otherwise, yeah, do it from the ground up. And focus again. Theater comes into this because with good theater, you're the first question you ask is, what is the event? And again, if it's if it's just two two people in an empty space, there's still an event there. You start with what is this event, and um, and then whatever comes of that. It could be then you had then the sky is the limit, but it should always be expressing um, what the event is and not hiding behind anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, not hiding is the thing. Yeah, like okay. Well, um, and uh, so creativity is a huge part of this. And I think that uh, when when I work with patients or when I when I meet somebody. I want to hear something about their creativity. What do they do that's creative? What do they do that's exploratory? Because it's only in exploring the world will you be able to explore yourself and grow as a human being, I think. And I think creative parts of our mind and creative activities allow you to do that. Mm-hmm. So creativity in, in planning a wedding. Maybe you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, and it um, it's necessary really to to carve out space for yourself so that you are 
really meeting your goal to be both alive and connected. You really have to be creative to do that. I think um, straight couples sometimes, heteronormative couples are sometimes at a disadvantage um, in terms of, in this very specific way, um, in terms of the op- the option to hide. You know, when people say, oh, I'm not really thinking about the wedding planning, I'm letting her, I'm letting him do it, or I'm letting her do it. You know, it's like, that's a really bad idea because you're denying yourself the opportunity to be um, present and to figure out, oh, what are, the, what are the ways in which I'm not fully alive? What are the needs that are not being met? And how do I creatively mm-hmm. figure out a way to let more of myself be there and be present and, and invite other people in at the same time? Because that's really what it's all about. It's that, it's that um, Jessica Benjamin, the psychoanalyst, would call it mutual recognition, as this goal of sort of how do I take up space and invite you to do that at the same time? And you you kind of miss that opportunity when you're when you're not taking up space and you're not giving yourself the opportunity to be creative. And you know, queer people in general, same-sex couples, I mean, we didn't we don't, we don't have that option. We're, our choices to take up space are provocative um, by default. So um, so, and, and there were no traditions in, in this case, right? So I couldn't even hide, we could, it wasn't an option to hide behind wedding traditions when my husband and I got married. Mm-hmm. So we had to be creative, but it's salvational to your point because, but I think it's salvational. Um, the same way it was salvational for us planning our wedding, I think it's salvational for everyone, like you're saying with your clients, because the cre- the creative, it, it's that it's that creative adaptation that allows you to, to really exist. Um, Mm -hmm. and you know, to maximize the potential of, uh, of people to connect with you. Well, I think that's just a good, uh, a good way of looking at life. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I wanted this. I wanted this. I have a friend who got her PhD in literature, no intention of getting married. And she read this, book and she actually enjoyed it, which I, I, I felt like was a really good endorsement, but, um, uh, but, um, and that, cause that was really what I was, that was really what I was up to. I didn't, I didn't want to just think about, um, marriages or, or just about weddings. I really wanted to think about how we, how we take up space in our lives. Um, how do we ask for recognition? And by doing so, you're really inviting everybody else to, uh, to be more of themselves too. Um, but it, you know, it, but you have to risk provocation sometimes. And one of the, one of the inspirations for the book really, uh, also was, um, well, again, these straight female friends of mine having, uh, weddings that were inspired by ours. Um, they, uh, several of them made me a bridesman, uh, made me a bridesman at their wedding, which wasn't as, as I guess it's more commonplace now, but it wasn't back in 2012, um, 2013. And um, that was really pivotal for me and kind of revelatory in my thinking on all of this, because, um, y- you know, there it, it's such a silly tradition, actually, to split people up by gender. It's about tribes coming together. And so if you're best friends with the bride and you're a man, you should be on the bride side. Um, but as we didn't rehearse the recessional, but as we were walking off two by two, um, you know, the groom traditionally is holding out his arm for the, you know, each, each bridesmaid as, 
as they go. And I was face to face with this lovely man, friends with the groom. And I was like, hmm. I, and, I, and I know you, you are a fan of improv um, and a practitioner of improv, so you'll appreciate it. But I was like, I, I, I had this improvisational moment where I was like, you know what? I'm going to offer him my arm. And I did. And I, and I think what my instinct was, um, which was effective, was to, uh, to make the, the, disc, the inevitable discomfort one of uh, focus focus on the actual event and what it was about as opposed to um, the, uh, the surface appearance of it. Because on the surface, it just looks like, okay, he's trying to squeeze into the wrong size shoe. He's trying to be a bridesmaid. Um, and that makes us uncomfortable. But if you mix it up, then you're just focused on the event. The, the, you know, the tradition doesn't matter. You've exploded the tradition. Um, and, and it was effective. And that's when I started, I wrote an article called How to Be a Bridesman for HuffPost at the time and um, got Dan Parent, the Archie comic uh, uh, illustrator. He uh, created Kevin Keller, the first gay Archie character. Um, and he drew these awesome pictures. And, um, and, and I thought, this is a great idea to talk about, a, a great way to talk about this idea of exploding uh, gender roles. Not, not to be PC, um, you know, not to be kind of novel, but as a way of just looking at, uh, as you said, a way to live a life, to focus on the event and the meaning, <laughs> how yes. it, yeah. it, it, at the risk of great provocation. Um, and how, and are we willing to do that? So in a way, I'm kind of, it's a call to people to, to really take that risk and to, to really, as you're asking yourself, what does this mean to me? What do I want from this? don't get shut down, you know, don't get shut down by that thought. That's like, Oh, I don't want to be seen as that kind of person or, you know, it's, it's, you have to take the risk to um, make the event known, you know, that the meaning. Exactly. Yeah. Meaningfulness. Well, and, and uh, I mean, event weddings are so scripted anyway. Uh, it, it, and to break out of that mold to some, to have some improvisation within it, right. Makes it more alive. Yeah. And the improvi- improviser comes, right. Things happen. <clears throat> Unscripted events are the ones people remember in the wedding. Yes. yes. Besides the video, which of course it's all about the video now. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, it seems like you're right. It's, it's the kind of the difference between, I don't know, like my dinner with Andre, which is two people talking to each other versus, mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, cats or something, some sort of big event. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, right. With no meaning, with no meaning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I think the T.S. Eliot's poems had some meaning. I'm not quite sure what, but they were right. fun. They were fun. They were fun. Cat poems. Um, in, in between the wasteland, he found cat poems. <laughs> um well, like kind of bringing this back now, like I think you're, you're, we touched upon it a little bit, but like Roe v. Wade uh, overturned uh, this book might, it, do you think it might be fitting to do a second edition or some addendum, maybe talk a little bit beyond weddings to maybe like polyamory or some other ideas? Like, I don't know if that's, out, it's, it's certainly not outside of the realm, maybe some examples, because polyamory seems to be, coming more uh, accepted and an experienced way of exploring yourself as a human being in relationships. Uh, right. I, I, and I think, I think um, 
I tried to put in in this one. Um, I would I would hope that someone who's in a polyamorous relationship would would uh, see themselves in, in in this current in this current version, um, because really it's um, it really is about claiming where you're coming from, um, regardless of how that's affecting other people. So that's I really hope that that's in 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 the text now. Um, as far as another edition, I don't think we're. I don't even think. I think this one hasn't done its job thoroughly if given the trend of the Supreme Court right now. And um, I, I, I hope just more people maybe read this one and, and um, get the point that, that it's, it's, about, um, it's about our values um, as people. It's not about laws as much as it's about our, value, our values, our value to love um, to be seen and to see other people at the same time. Um, and we need more of that. And I, I uh, yeah. It's I, about I'm this, kind of, it's the spirit of the law or the idea or ideal of the law rather than the letter of the law. Yeah. 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 And, you know, Richard Posner, who a federal appellate uh, a judge, um, conservative judge in 2013, he wrote, um, a very passionate piece for the New Republic, a conservative publication, about in favor of of same sex marriage. He had come out on you know he, uh, against it in the '90s, but he used the same rationale for both um, both articles that he'd written, saying that we have to follow what's happening in culture. You know how is life showing up in culture? And, um, you know, big uh, decisions, legal decisions um, like that, like marriage and who gets to get, be married, really have to follow how are we living and who's, who's alive and, 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 and how does, do these laws affect their lives? And um, it's a really interesting uh, perspective from someone who, who tends to be conservative. But I think we, there isn't enough um, focus on, on that aspect of it, a bit, you know. That it's yeah, about life. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think people can be conservatives and and have an understanding that, that conservatism doesn't mean you, you know, want to go back, you know, to yeah. you know being a Bedouin in interpreting you know scrolls in Hebrew. <laughs> um, it, it it can mean that you just see you reckon that there's a pretty good need for order in society mm -hmm. and fiscal constraint. I think that's kind of like what. I always thought that as, uh, of course, there's other people who disagree with that. And uh, uh, I think we need more people who are able to kind of put two and two together and not think so dichotomously politically or otherwise. Yeah. And, and, and it comes down to yourself. I mean, again, are you, and that's what I'm asking in this book. I was, you know, are you participating in your life in a way that's helping you get what, what you need? Um, um, or are you being ruled um, by something inflexible? Um, and th that's making you feel like you're in control. Like, and you can see that, you can see that dilemma so clearly as a couples therapist. I mean, even just this week, I was working with a couple and it was so clear that one of them was... Uh, was so actually both of them at different points was bringing a kind of threat into the, the into the discussion about like well if you do that you know what's going to happen kind of thing and um, 
and and there's an inflexibility to thinking that way that it has to be just like this uh, and and what i tried to help them do and I, it worked for a little bit was um getting them to see uh you know you're going to have more leverage for the other person to understand you which is really what you want to be understood if you kind of ease up on that threat and that shutting them down so i i i just would wish that people who who are shutting people's lives down and are on the side of doing that would just consider that it doesn't leave room for them to take up space and to be recognized you know exactly yeah yeah well hopefully people will, will catch your drift as they say yeah in archie archie comic land or something like i think they used to say that right yes <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mark O'Connell, as always, wonderful conversation, wonderful writing. Uh, just you're uh, you're a gem of a person, and I, I wish you all the best. Anything else coming up for you uh, in the near future? Are you going to be doing any trainings or anything like that? Where can, yeah, and where can people I, find you? I uh, markoconnelltherapist.com, and I I have a few. There's a I have a list of of trainings that I do online. Um, upcoming in the next few months, uh, I train therapists. Um, I give acting techniques for for therapists. So, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, always needed. Yeah, <laughs> get our heads out of the books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and aliveness, aliveness, aliveness. Yes, exactly. Well, thank you so much. Happy Pride Month. Thank you so much, Scott. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Psychology Talk podcast. Did you know you can find us on the web all over the place? Well, maybe not all over the place, but you can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us at Spreaker, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, loads of places. Please look for us. And if you can, subscribe, like us, leave us a review, send us a comment, a criticism, Hey, we like to hear a lot from people. Go ahead, talk to us. That's why we're here. By the way, this is just a reminder to let you know that all of the material here is for entertainment and informative purposes only. If you do need a therapist or a mental health professional, please seek one out. Music is provided by the band Serenati. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.